0: Bulletproof radio, a state of high performance.
1: You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy, it helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD Plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD Plus even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD Plus. Check out Qualia NAD Plus risk-free for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash dave15, Qualia NAD Plus. It's what I use. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds, and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body, and those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. Today is a special edition recorded here at Nike's Just Do It headquarters in Los Angeles. And I'm recording a star of E's hit series, Total Bellas and Total Divas, a WWE superstar who's also an entrepreneur, none other than Nikki Bella. Hello. I'm really excited that we both made our schedules work out in order to do this because I've been wanting to ask questions of someone who does what you do which is crazy.
2: I hear that a lot, but only in the ring, <laughs> nowhere else.
1: <laughs> it, when you watch WWE and I think everyone has seen a few matches and we've watched it as kids and all, and you see these people doing things that look like they are completely impossible and you do them all the time. I want to understand how you got into that because you are a soccer player like, like me. Yeah. Uh, so how did you go from being a soccer player to a professional wrestler?
2: Well, so it's funny when I was a little girl, I, um, I was obsessed with like the old Hollywood actresses, every book report I would have to do. I would do it on Marilyn Monroe to where my teachers were like, okay, we've heard enough about Marilyn Monroe and you're only in elementary school. Let's <laughs> maybe do Eleanor Roosevelt or someone. Right. <laughs> and I was just very like, I loved the black and white movies. I loved Vivian Lee. I was just in such awe of those women. And I Loved sports. I loved playing soccer, and like my idols growing up were women like Mia Hamm. And I actually remember I thought it was the coolest thing when Nike came out with their commercial with Michael Jordan, and it was the first time we kind of saw women say like anything you can do, I can do better. And she was just my instant like, yes, I want to be that. And so it was kind of funny because since I've been young, I've always been a girly tomboy, which is very funny to say. But I was very drawn to the entertainment industry, but didn't want to give up my sports. And my goal since I've been young, it was always to be, um, I wanted to be in the World Cup. That was like my one goal. But there was part of me that wanted to be this old Hollywood actress, not like the New Day. I wanted to like walk into the black and whites with all like the diamonds and look like Marilyn and have that presence. And my sister would always tell me like, Nicole, no offense, but you were not made like that, just with your (laughs) sports. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I'll just daydream into that. And when my sister is the one who actually brought WWE to me, I didn't grow up as a fan because the people that I was raised with, no one was fans. Like none of my friends were talking about it or my cousins. I do remember in high school, my brother started to talk about The Rock all the time and always wanted to drop an elbow on me. And I was like, (laughs) what is this? What are you doing? But when my sister came to me, um, about this diva search and she's like, you have to see what these women are doing on TV, they're wrestling and it's amazing. And I remember the first time I tuned in to Monday night raw and I got hooked because I was like, wait, these women are these athletes and they're being so athletic, but they're also characters and they have these storylines. Like I immediately could tell like who the teacher of the WWE was or like all these girls had like different characters and I immediately saw it and I got connected and I got lost in the storylines of these love stories. And so it's funny because I kind of felt like it was my calling because it's this Broadway with body slams and I could actually use my athletic ability but also become a character, become that old Hollywood actress, but, you know, be girls up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what was it like transitioning from... Being a high-end soccer player because it's a very different sport and you're sitting here and you have just amazing shoulders and guns that are (laughs) Shocking. So (laughs) so you're in in just impossibly good shape. Oh, thank you But soccer players have big legs and small upper bodies and you're the opposite of that now So what did you have to do to transition to a very different sport?
2: It actually, you know um, being in the ring and being a soccer player and especially I was a defender so I'm used to moving backwards, but having to you know, look forward and, um, just very quick transitions. And that actually was a huge plus for me in the ring was, uh, my footwork. Sometimes you have people that come in and they can't catch on to wrestling quickly. But what I was realizing it's because their footworker was off and they never had that experience of it. And that's very tough to get, especially in such a small space like the ring And so my sister and I caught on very quickly to wrestling, but I thank soccer for that because of my footwork. So I had to work on now my upper body and timing in a whole different way. And, and also I was very competitive. So I had to also work on knowing that we have predetermined finishes in the WWE. So (laughs) it wasn't like I could go out there and win a championship based on my performance. They're going to tell me who wins, but I still want to give that amazing performance. What I realized is I never really lifted weights because with soccer, when we had that extra time, it was more focused on endurance Mm -hmm. than actually having to be stronger. Um, Our legs just naturally got so strong from playing. So that was like a whole new world for me, was like lifting weights and using this upper body strength to either lift girls over my head or just have them be a good base for them on certain moves that they're doing. And I realized that I liked it because it was another challenge for me and it was something that you couldn't predetermine it like I could go in here and how hard I work it's how good I'll be in that ring so that was different for me footwork was great but definitely that uh, training my upper body to lift and I mean I never had to do if anything we avoided it right in soccer like I can't touch the ball with my hands so it was like a whole new world
1: tell me about the first time you lifted a woman above your head
2: it actually was amazing. I was like, wow, this is like empowering and like kind of enlightening at the same time. I know that sounds crazy, but it's, you know, when you accomplish something that you feel like you can't. And so I'm in this ring and then I'm almost doing acrobats with someone. Like I'm putting on this show and when it works and you do this really cool move. I honestly felt like wonder woman. I'm like, did you just see what I did? (laughs) And I knew that like with the strength of the other girl, like it's all tricks, what we're doing. Um, I can't fully like a lot of the stuff that I do in the ring with lifting. I can't do that if the other girl isn't supporting me, like unless the girl is literally like maybe a hundred pounds, can I like do just dead weight? But we've, we learn how to post off each other. We're kind of like I feel like the new like yogi class, we've kind of been doing it as female wrestlers, have been doing it for a long time, like the couple yogi class. Yeah. Because we've just learned to balance off each other and work with gravity and all that type of stuff. But the first I I remember it. I was literally in Georgia, the deep south, what we called it, this training facility. And I remember the first time just picking someone up and it was amazing.
1: And that's probably something you hadn't done since you were Five years old, picking up your sister or something.
2: No, I mean, we usually just take each other out straight to the ground. I never, (laughs) I don't know why I never thought of lifting her up and showing her my true strength of (laughs) like, I'm the dominant twin. (laughs) I wish I knew it, but that was literally like the first time ever.
1: How long did it take you to where you felt really comfortable? Because what you learned was very much like partner yoga. You had to put on all this muscle in your upper body that wasn't there before. And you had to learn the skills. Is this a one year, six months, three months?
2: Honestly, it took me a good, I want to say six years, um, because what we do at WWE, it, it goes beyond the sport and beyond the athletics. We have live TV. We have a live audience and not only with our live audience, we have all these viewers tuning in live. So, You have millions and millions of people watching you and with our live audience, it's all about connection. And if you don't connect with the crowd, you're not going to get the feedback you want from the crowd, which means you're not going to get the feedback you're getting from the people in TV land and you're not getting it from your boss or even your opponent. And so for me, it was this whole new world of like, I'm trying to learn the craft of wrestling and being the best there. But now I'm in the ring and I need to tell a story. So here I have this blank canvas, which is the ring. And now I need to paint it to give this amazing story or Broadway for my live crowd. And now I want my live crowd to interact with me and boo me or cheer me or gasp when I do something, just be lost in the moment, the story that I'm telling them. And that was a lot of work, especially when you have three live cameras looking at you and there's a red light, like you have to follow the red light. And a lot of people don't realize that with WWE superstars, like, We have to be so aware of our surroundings. So when I thought I had it down in the training facility, I was down there for a little over a year. I was like, I have this wrestling thing. I'm ready to make it up to the main roster, go on live TV. That was a whole new world. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this, this is hard. And I feel like I took 11 months off after five years of wrestling. And when I came back, I feel like that's when I finally started to get it and because I started to really know my audience, I started to know my brand, I started to know how I could use my craft to make me a larger than life character. So that was like 6 years in the making almost.
1: I love it that you talked about the cameras. I went on the Doctor Oz show a couple times. Yeah. And most of what I do is on stage. Mm-hmm. So I'm on Robin Stage or something and and it's, it's easy because you connect with a crowd you don't worry about the cameras. But on yeah. Dr. Oz, there's 10 cameras and look at this one, look at that yeah. one and still remember what you're going to say yeah. and think and watch the audience. And it is a neurological shifting of gears. I can't right. even imagine doing physical activity and all of that. So it's it was a, a cognitive thing for you.
2: Right. Oh, big time. And think not only that, you have someone else's life in your hands and you want to make them look good. And so- I'm thinking of like when I had my finisher, the rock attack, I knew how hard that was going to be at the end of the match to lift someone up. So I had to save some energy for that. But then I also want to give it my all in everything that I do. So I'm thinking of that as I'm thinking of the live crowd, as I'm thinking of my opponent, as I'm thinking of the cameras, as I'm thinking, does my boss like what I'm doing? There's so much that goes on in your mind. And it's like, you have to be so prepped before you go out there and have, have, have such a clear head just to give an amazing six to 15 minute performance.
1: When you're in the ring, are you more afraid of failing in your art or your, your craft or, or this whole set of things you do? Or are you more afraid of the floor when someone has you above their head?
2: (laughs) I was born super tough. So floors don't scare me. Pain doesn't scare me, but what actually scares me the most when I'm out in that ring, it's the connection with the audience. Okay. Nothing is worse for a WWE superstar than a quiet audience because it means they don't care.
0: Right. So
2: that was always my biggest fear and you have to, like your audience is gonna be so different. So we're in 147 countries. So my audience in Texas is gonna be a lot different than my audience in Washington, New York, Australia, Europe. So you have to learn to adapt live And that was also very difficult because we may go out there and have this plan of the story we're going to tell, but the audience might not understand it or care. So you have to switch it up to get them engaged. Because if you just keep trying to do what you're going to do, you will probably get this is boring chant. You don't ever want the boring chant. That is like, I mean, that is like losing the championship game in the World Cup in the worst way to like PKs when it's like five and five and you miss that last one. And you're like, that's like how the boring chant is to us. It's just... It's the worst thing ever. But have, have you um, had the boring chant? I think. gonna I feel like I need to knock on wood. <laughs> I have not had the boring chant. Okay. I've had some other chants that I wish I never got. Okay. But um, they deal um, when you're in a relationship. The fans think it's really funny to chant like either about your boyfriend or spouse. All of us girls have gotten it, and I'm always just like, "You're taking it all away from us, women." Like, but at the same time they're connected. They, they yeah. know who we all are. They know our stories. And I'm always like, that means you're watching total divas and total bellas. So thank you very much. You know, you know, our personal lives. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there are a lot of people listening who are interested. All right. What do you do to look the way you do? Oh, Tell me what you eat. Tell me how you exercise.
2: You know, a big part of what I do is first you have to like live life to the fullest. I'm so a person that if I live my whole life with restrictions like, okay, you can never have a carb again or drink, or you go on vacation and you can't even enjoy it. I just don't believe in that. And I feel like you're not going to look the best you because I truly feel like when you're happy inside and out, that shines more than anything and confidence. If you have confidence, you could walk in like three sizes bigger and people probably think you've lost weight because confidence is just so key and it shines so much, um, But my tricks to staying in shape, because I'm not going to lie, I can be very hard on myself at times. And I think it's the athlete in me. I just, it's not for me about looking skinny. If I feel like my abs aren't looking like the way I want, I'm like, why, why is this not happening? I have too much sodium, but I love wine. I'm a huge wino. And that's something that I'm just... You run a wine
1: company. Yeah.
2: I mean, I killed so many vineyards in Napa Valley that I literally had winemakers be like, do you want to get in the business? And I was like, I was waiting for you guys to ask. I didn't know how much of wine I had to drink to get invited. But pretty much my secrets, it's calorie counting, enjoying life. And also I love working out. It's therapy for me. Like when I sweat, it puts me in the right place. I feel like my mind's right. I feel like my brain is so productive in that moment. Like I have so many ideas or I all of a sudden want to rule the world. Like my ex would always be like, I always know when you're done working out. Cause I call and be like, Oh my God. So what I'm thinking is, and I'd have like all these ideas. I felt like I solved like world peace. Like it was great. What workout does for me. So I try to work out like minimum three days a week. I usually work out a lot more.
1: We have something at Bulletproof Upgrade Labs uh, which is here at Nike that will measure your metabolic rate and tell you exactly how many calories really? you can consume to maintain your metabolism now, oh, wow! which is kind of cool because my number is something like twenty three, twenty four hundred 2400 calories, but oh, I'm wow. 6'4 and about 11% body fat now which
2: as a a
1: former 300 pound obese person, I'm pretty excited about that.
2: That's incredible.
1: And we also know that different calories can do different things, but if you eat three or 4,000 calories, that's probably not good for you based on all this science, even if you can do that and still keep your weight down, which I figured I could do if I ate less carbs. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to get your number so that, you know, all right, we're going to get that for you
2: because I also feel, and I know, I mean, everyone goes through this, like I'm going to be 35 in November and I can't believe what a change. I feel like I've seen it. I, I'm blaming my metabolism. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I even went and got my thyroid check. Cause I'm like, I, I wanted to blame that first. Yeah. And my doctor called me and goes, your thyroid's fine. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> so it's, can't blame that. But I feel like I'm going through a shift. Your
1: hair is too nice. It, oh, well, thank if you. If your thyroid was off, your hair wouldn't look the way it does.
2: I just so and she kind of she's like, well, what's the issue? I'm like, well, I have these last five pounds that I can't lose. And I think it's my thyroid. <laughs> and I could tell I had a little bit yep. of an eye roll from her. But I was like, let's just check it. You never know. I'm getting to that age.
1: You're really smart to do that, actually.
2: Oh, well, thank you.
1: Uh, just I think everyone listening who's 35 who's never had a thyroid check unless you yeah. just feel amazing all the time, which is percent of people now right it's worth looking at so
2: i agree because i didn't even realize that when you get pregnant 35 or older you have a whole new doctor oh yeah i was told that too getting closer to 35 that i need a new doctor the day i want to become a mom and i'm like i, I don't think women sometimes realize those changes when we're in our mid-30s because we kind of still feel like we're in our late 20s you know okay. we don't want to admit it
1: now Tell me more about recovery because you kind of get beat up in yeah. the ring and you're working out three times a week. So I want to hear what you do to recover and then maybe share some new ideas for you.
2: Yeah. Well, I have to say, giving a tour already through your body lab, I'm going to probably be bothering you once or twice <laughs> a week because I wish I had your recovery when um, I've had some injuries. But I've actually, I've loved cryotherapy. I've always um, have been a big fan of cryotherapy um, but before that, I just would do a lot of physical therapy. I'd also listen to my doctor. When I had my neck surgery, he was like, if you stay in your neck brace for six months straight, he goes, I promise you, you will have incredible results. And there were so many people telling me like, you only need it for three months and you only need this. And and he would tell me, stay off of freeways, try not to be in cars, do this, do that. And so for me, listening to my doctor with my recovery was so amazing. I got back into the ring seven months later when majority of people who had my injury were like 14 months or even longer than that. And I truly feel like because I listened to my doctor and I followed exactly what he said, that helped me. Sometimes I think when people get injuries, you feel like, okay, now I have to just sit at home and let this heal. I started working out with a neck brace. I think it was two weeks after surgery because I knew like I was taught by my ex that you need to move your body, like sitting down, your body is not going to heal faster. You need to get it moving. And, um, so I just would start to be very active and not want to sit around. And I feel like that helped me a lot. Power of prayer helped me a lot. Um, so those are some of my, my tricks. I wish, I think I did some other things and <laughs> walking through your lab, I'm like, dang it, I needed this.
1: It's possible now to recover faster than mother nature ever intended. Yeah. And what I've found, even in my own life, I'm no professional athlete, but I'm a CEO and I've been an entrepreneur and tech guy for a long time. And there's times when you don't need to just burn the candle at both ends because it turns out you can also burn it in the middle. Yeah. (laughs) And in that kind of a, we'll call it a sport. No matter what you do, no matter how successful you are, there's always more work you could do to right. be even more successful. So it's entirely possible and even likely for people who think like that to to burn out. So then it comes down to recovery. Yeah. And I ended up building a Bulletproof Upgrade Labs at my house and yeah. saying for me to travel 150 days a year and still be awake when I'm with my kids and to yeah. just run at this pace and to do this show and books and CEO stuff, I I didn't have a choice. yeah. So I built all this stuff, and I have more energy now at 45 than I did when I was 35 or 25, frankly. Yeah. So when we take that stuff and, and use it for athletes, wait, is it really possible to send a signal to your skin that says, build more collagen? Right. It is, and that signal doesn't come from other nature. Mm-hmm. Being in the sun for a little while can help, but too much sun, we all know, is not good for you. Right but no sun isn't good for you. But what if you got the good parts of sunlight without the parts that cause the skin aging and you saw a 25% reduction in wrinkles because you laid on the right frequency of light on a bed while listening to a podcast. Yeah, You sort of get your time back. So I'll take conference calls doing this kind of stuff and I'm still working, but I'm putting the signal back in. Mm -hmm. And cryotherapy is really cool. In Headstrong, my last book, I told everyone, look, Take a cold shower, So at the end of your shower, put it on full cold, hit your forehead and your chest, which is the worst parts. and you're gonna swear at me for the first three days, and the fourth day, magically you somehow feel better. And I couldn't tell you why, but last week, a mouse study came out where they were testing cold exposure and doing all kinds of interesting stuff, and there's a compound called cardiolipin which is inside your mitochondria, these power plants in your cells. And it turns out after three days of cold exposure, it shifts radically and your cells make more energy. Wow! So here you are a professional athlete saying, how do I get more energy? How do I recover faster? Well, it's no wonder you love cryotherapy Mm -hmm. because you're able to turn those signals on in the body. And this is stuff that doctors don't normally know. Yeah. And physical therapists and physical trainers, they're gonna know every little muscle structure. But you look at what's underneath those muscles how can you recover faster? And that's from an injury. Yeah. But I want to know, after you do one of your heavy workouts, what do you do right afterwards? What do you do that night? What do you do the next day?
2: Well, so it's funny. A few times um, I've gone into the cryotherapy chamber because it is crazy. Every time I get out of the chamber, I would feel brand new. Like I was given a new body. Yeah. And that feeling is like very addicting. So sometimes that would be every now and then I I would do that. I have to say, I feel like I, I stretch, but I feel like I could do so much more for my body when certain places hurt. Like I, I feel like my knees are, you know, getting a little worn. Um, I'll ice my knees. I feel like I need to actually be a lot better after my workouts. I have done this thing. Uh, I do a lot of ART with my neck and my body. It makes me feel so good. I go into and this for, I mean,
1: for listeners, ART is active oh. release, which is when a uh, therapist will push on a muscle knot and make you move anyway until the muscle gives yes. up. Good description.
2: Very good description. <laughs> and I, I just didn't like really the popping of my bones. I, I didn't like that feeling, especially when it came to the neck that just terrified yeah. me. But the active release therapy, I, I can't tell you, I feel so amazing. And I, especially I get a lot of issues in my hips. And I think a lot of women do, especially when you work out a lot. And they would just open me up so much. Um, but he puts me in this machine. And even the other day, I did leg like Dan. I was like, hey, can I come by? And it's a lot like I saw you had the boots in your lab. I wish I knew the name. But it kind of pumps. You're like strapped in. And it like. Um, It's like compression almost and it gets super tight and then it can go like pretty fast. It's
1: called ECP. It's almost like a blood pressure cuff you're talking about. Yeah. So what this does is it squeezes all of the muscle and, and lymphatic fluid in your feet and your legs and then in your torso and in your arms. I have one of those at home as well.
2: I love it. And you know what I've noticed is when I do those after my workouts, I sleep so much better and then I'm not as sore after workout.
1: It's really funny, having a massage where someone squeezes you really hard, like a good firm massage, yeah. people's hands are only so big, but what if their hands are as big as your whole leg all at the yeah. same time? It's <laughs> that idea, and it's return on time spent recovering. Wow. So that's the kind of stuff that I just wanted to, to make available to everyone at yeah. Bulletproof Labs because it's not fair that only professional athletes
2: I agree. <laughs> and celebrities
1: <laughs> get to do that stuff, or astronauts Totally.
2: Or I agree. I mean, honestly, the reason why I was introduced to it is because uh my ex fiance, he has it. And so he would always use it after matches and he would feel so great. And then I was over here so sore. And I'm like, well, can I just get we call him his smushy boots? I'm like, can I get in the smushy boots? Like, I need some like
1: smushy boots. (laughs) Yeah, that was like
2: our name for it. And then I used to think that all the time. I'm like, why can't I just go into a place and be able to use all these things to feel better? You know, because when they finally started doing like cryotherapy when you could actually go in and drop in like it was very rare you could just go in a place and use it unless like your doctor had it um and when that happened i was like yay us normal people i mean i say normal but you know what i mean like i can't buy a chamber and put it in my house like i but i want to use all that stuff i I believe in it
1: when i was uh, when i was overweight i had a real hard time and I would drive from a a yoga class, and you drive somewhere to do this, and you drive somewhere to do that, and pretty soon you've spent three hours in a car, which Mm. doesn't really help you, and you've done a few things. So it's always this constant stress, like I wanna do more of this stuff, but I can't do it. So what I said, I'm gonna put all that at my house, which is crazy expensive and ridiculous, but I did it because I knew that if I could work out the pathway through all this technology, if I only have an hour, can I get four times more results than I would get if I didn't have that? And then I said, all right, this has to be shared. So we opened in Santa Monica and then here with Nike, we're actually providing the technology, which is super cool. So in the Nike video you see our cryotherapy and some of the other stuff, which to me is an incredible honor to be able to show athletes like you and all the amazing athletes here, after your workouts, not just after injuries, you can recover faster. Uh, part of my story is I worked out for 18 months, six days a week, an hour and a half a day, half weights, half cardio. I'm like, I'm going to lose this weight. I'm never going to have another knee surgery. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. And so at the end of this, I still weighed 300 pounds, which was really irritating. I was strong. I could max every machine except for two. And I said, all right, I'm going to do something kind of risky. And I did a, a really high risk thing called laser tag. Uh, embarrassingly. And I, <laughs> I love laser tag. So I've only fun. done like
2: a few times, but it's so fun. And I
1: squatted and I twisted and I blew up my ACL and I was so just disheartened like, after all this work, I'm still fat and I'm going to have another knee surgery. Mm-hmm. And it was, it just felt like such a failure. Like what's wrong. Right. And that was part of that path that led me here. Yeah. And to be able to say to, to someone who can do things I don't know how to do, Hey, you can prevent that stuff by recovering properly. And in retrospect what I did is I would overtrain. Yeah. And I feel like overtraining is a big risk for all of us whether we're pro athletes or not. Do you ever overtrain?
2: You know, I feel like I do. I feel like what I've noticed with my body type is the times that I have trained a lot during the week, I actually feel like my weight goes up. And then the times that I just take in the three days with my trainer and I enjoy my other days, I watch my calories, but I just go on a walk or I do something for myself, a massage.
1: Did you just say I, that you get fat if you train too much? Please tell me you said that. Well, not fat. Maybe no, that's but the wrong scale. word you. I, the scale I, I goes I get up. on this scale. Uh-huh.
2: I'm, and I, I, I don't know if this is right or not, but I like to weigh myself every day. And sometimes I like to weigh myself at night just to be like, can I sleep off two pounds? <laughs> like I'll like make <laughs> myself sleep water, in. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. And- I just would notice like the scale going up. Like lately I've been lifting a lot like heavier with weights and my scale's gone up and I'm like, am I doing too much to my muscles? So am I retaining water? Because are they, like, I always think about that stuff because I feel like when I really relax them, this, I seem to be like thinner. And so I'm like, wait, are they happy now? They're not like inflamed. I've always been curious about that. And I've always, and you probably know this stress, like especially being an entrepreneur, I feel like more than ever in my life, I stress out a lot. Um, something goes wrong with our clothing brand and it's the website or it's this. And sometimes I'm answering calls at 9 PM. And so I'm going to bed stressed. And I feel like right now I'm like, I have fluctuated more than ever, but then I'm like, maybe stress is a lot of this. And I don't know. I'm, I know you would know that. It
1: comes down to cortisol, which is your stress hormone. If you have too little cortisol, you're going to feel like crap. Yeah. And most people, though, get too much cortisol. And it comes equally from a heavy workout, from a lack of sleep, from jet lag, or from emotional stress. And the voice in check, your head. Check, 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 Right. Check, <laughs> I mean, it, and it turns out being on camera, uh, whether you're working in TV or live events like yeah. you're doing, is one of the most stressful things because you have to look good all the time. Yes. And so I've talked with a lot of actors, it's it's a similar thing. So if you had a really emotionally stressful day, it feels good to say, all right, I'm gonna go to the gym and burn that off. And you yeah. you will burn off your adrenaline and all, and like adrenaline will help you feel better. But if you do that regularly, you tend to get inflamed because your cortisol levels go up. But what would you say if I told you that we could measure down to within two ounces, the amount of water, total water in your body, and even tell you how much is in your cells where it belongs and how much is outside your cells where it's inflammation?
2: That's incredible. And you could track it every day? It, yeah.
1: That's what we do at Bulletproof Labs. Really? Yeah.
2: Can I come over and get this all <laughs> totally. checked? Well, I feel out. like I need, I need it like right now in my life. Like I, I need all that. I feel like everyone needs that. You need to know. Everyone
1: does. This is the stuff that should be at every drugstore. This should be at every exercise facility because we have the technology now and we didn't have it 10 years ago. It's new. And so no one hears about it. And I'll tell you, when I get on the scale in the morning, I don't really care about the, the... top line weight, but I can tell you I have 28.2 pounds of fat in my body yeah. and I can tell you that my visceral fat, the really dangerous stuff that you can't see is that's very that low. That's
2: yellow, right? Yeah. If you ever cut it open. Well, well,
1: that's the fat that would be packed around your organs. That's yellow. Okay.
2: You know, that's me trying to sound like a doctor.
1: Yeah, no, but it, it is yellow. <laughs> the yellow yeah, set. you have the white fat under your skin. Yeah. You have the yellow <laughs> fat around your organs. That's bad. And you have the brown <laughs> fat between your shoulder blades that causes you to burn sugar and burn fat more effectively. And that's what cryotherapy does for you. Oh. So there's basically two big types. Yeah. And people walk around saying, oh, you know, I drink all the time, I eat a ton of junk food, but look at me, I'm, I'm reasonably healthy. Yeah. And then you look at them and they're off the charts fat, but it's called skinny fat, and it will mm, wreck you. Wow. But now you stand on something for three right. minutes that tells you all of this, so you know what's going on in there. And when you have that, that can dictate, okay, we're gonna take you and put you on the thing that grows muscle three times faster than lifting weights. Or we're gonna say, please don't do that, you're super stressed. Why don't you get in the virtual float tank and it'll you lay on your back, put on these light sound goggles, and it'll put you in this really relaxed meditative state, like a float tank, but without having to mess up your hair with salt water, which is kind of a problem. (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) Major, major. (laughs) But
1: it's really cool to float. No, no doubt about it. So it's really neat. It's a very different approach, but the Mm -hmm. idea is that you can know, and even if you just look once a week, so you're saying, all right, is my left arm more muscular or less than my right arm? So you can measure an imbalance you can also measure that with strength. So yeah. a good trainer, a good functional movement person, I'm sure you work with lots of people like that, they're gonna see it in your results and we can see it in your body electrically and biochemically. And when you put that data together, saying, oh, my left arm is actually not doing as well. We can even tell you whether the cells in the left arm are gonna heal less quickly than the ones in the right arm. Wow. And it's three minutes. And all of a sudden, all of your path through your day, and so today's a recovery day, even though you thought it was a workout day, yeah. and today's a, don't fast today. Like Your body doesn't need that. Today is take care day. And then another day you come and go, I thought I would take it easy, but I'm primed. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, the return on investment mm-hmm. for your body and your brain is higher. And It's amazing. Because you're an entrepreneur. Well, you have to have your brain working too, not to mention that you have to be able right. to pay all of that attention in the ring that no one would think about. hmm Talk to me about what you do entrepreneurially, um, as, uh, as someone running a company.
2: My sister and I, we, um, being WWE superstars now for almost 12 years, we've all, my mom's an entrepreneur and actually all the women I was raised with are entrepreneurs and being raised with very strong women. I, I always had that drive to either run my own company or just want to be my own boss. And. WWE gave us such an amazing platform to really have the tools of being that um, because we had to create our own characters like Vince McMahon gave us this amazing platform. He gives you the ring, he gives you live TV, he gives you the TV time, but then it's what you make of it. And so it's funny. I, I We already started to be entrepreneurs and I started to learn a lot about building a brand. So my sister and I really started to study the audience and our fan base and Really, we're like, how can we make the Bella Twins a brand? And then we got the opportunity of our reality shows, Total Divas and Total Bellas. And we saw that even more as this platform to grow as entrepreneurs, but also to have a voice and being just talent on Total Divas and Total Bellas, I knew I wanted more. So I worked a lot behind the scenes because I wanted to be an executive producer. I just didn't want to be talent. And so now I'm an executive producer of both Total Divas and Total Bellas because I crave being a part of the creativity and, and more than what it is just to be in front of the camera. And just having control of my brand. Cause I realized they would feed you so much of what to say, or this is the environment, but I didn't have control of my brand in that way. And as an EP, I have so much more control. I have to be taken seriously more, which that's been a learning experience from being talent and then coming more into an executive level of having people want to treat you more now as a coworker instead of talent. But my sister and I just knew that as we grew into being entrepreneurs, we just wanted to have purpose. I, the day I leave this earth, I don't want to be known as just a female wrestler or reality star. I want to know that I changed people's lives. And even if it's just two people, I want to know that I made some good change in this world. And I really love being a role model. And so that's why my sister and I created this company called Birdie Be. It's not even not even a year old. And I have to say it's been such an amazing learning experience um, being an entrepreneur of Letting other people have a voice in your company and giving them the the power to control things and then it gets out of your hands and a lot of mistakes are made, but it comes back on the owners and hiring people that have your vision and your passion. I think that's been the biggest learning experience for me as an entrepreneur because some people can have an amazing resume, but if they don't have your passion and your vision at the end of the day, you're not going to get, you're not going to grow the company to where you want to grow it to. Um, it's also learning. I've learned. Wait, hold on. So, you've
1: only been doing this for a year and yeah. you magically figured this out. <laughs> Who taught you that?
2: Myself. Going through it.
1: Okay. Going, so learning from mistakes. Evolution. Okay. Yeah.
2: And I'm so happy that it's that it happened less than a year and not like years from now. But then it's also stuff that I was like, I was raised to know this, but I'm also a very trustworthy person. And I feel like what I've learned being an entrepreneur is I need to have more of that hard shell and like be more of that, that woman boss where you're not known just because you want to control certain things. Doesn't make you a bitch. It, means that you just want to be the best that you can be. And so I can't tell you how much I've learned in the past nine months, but my sister and I, we have started this company, Birdie B, and we really want it to be this amazing community for women. Like that goes way beyond apparel. And we give back to charities every month. We like to pick different charities and we're just in the process of it. We already like want to go through a revamp. It's, we, we just have learned a lot from it. Um, we also have a wine label and that, what I've realized is a lot of fun for me because I am a huge wino. So I'm like now in the wine industry, like Napa Valley now it can be a business trip, not just a trip for pleasure. I think, you know, some people are made for it, but I guess out of, out of it all, my sister and I have realized from the beginning at WWE that we've had this amazing fan base. They literally have called themselves the Bella army. (laughs) And for me, when I see brands that do so well, it's because you have to appreciate what your foundation is. And like our foundation, are our fans, like Bree and I know that we'd be nothing without our fans. And so as we grow this brand, we really love having it, be very much appreciating who our fans are. So whenever we create a company like Birdie B or Bella Radici, we're always thinking of our fans as well as our reality show. Um, I put my whole life out there and I'm not going to lie. It's very hard to relive at times when you go through the downs in your life. But then I think how many people go through what I go through. And again, it's just that purpose. It just gives me purpose in everything I do.
1: If someone came to you tomorrow as an athlete, as a human being, as a, as an entrepreneur and, and said, based on everything you've learned in your life, what are your three most important pieces of advice for me? If I want to perform better at everything I do, what would you say the three most important things are?
2: I would say if you run a company or you want to start a company and you have investors, be a part of everything, the books, where the money goes, who you're hiring, Um, hire people with passion um, with your vision um, but know the ins and outs. That's one thing that I wish someone told me when I started a company instead of relying on others um, that even if I was the one putting the money into it, I should know where the money's going. So
1: so have, have a good degree of visibility and control. Yes.
2: Um, Second, whatever it is you do have passion for it and make sure that it makes you happy. I think If a job feels like a job, you're not going to have happiness in your life. But if your job feels like life and it's happiness, to me, that's true success. So it doesn't matter what the paycheck is or where you live. As long as you're happy, success can be anything. And so for me, just love what you do and do what you love. And life is so much better and so much more comes to you. And um, three, I would say no your top five values of what you value in people and what you value in your life and put that into your work and put that around the people that surround you. I've realized that the more the five people that I keep close to me, I like having those five values in each one of those people because they make me a better person. And that's something that I've learned actually from the past 12 years that I wish I knew that when I was younger and I wish a lot more younger people would know that, that the people that surround you the most make you who you are. And I wish when I was younger, I surrounded myself with a lot more better people, but it was such a great, I've had an incredible journey. And now that I know it and I'm still 34, it's crazy how much stronger and better I've become with those people around me.
1: Beautiful. Uh, Nikki, thanks for being on Bulletproof Radio. Thank Uh, you. You have all these different things. Can I tell you a Bulletproof story actually? Totally. I
2: got to tell you. So I did dancing with the stars talk about like crazy on your body. But so I had to live in an apartment here and I was so excited that I actually got to have, cause I used to use the K cups forever mm-hmm. and I was like, I want to just brew my own coffee. So I went into air one and like bulletproof had this amazing stand. And I'm I like, love look, air one. Yeah. it's like my favorite grocery store ever. That's like Disneyland of the grocery stores. <laughs> I can be in there forever. So I'm like, Everyone talks about this bulletproof coffee. I need to like taste it for myself. I was so addicted. I could not wait to wake up in the morning and (laughs) brew my bulletproof coffee. And I swear, like it got me through 12 hours of dancing every day. I felt incredible. By the way, I looked the best I had ever looked in my life, like body wise. Wow. And I felt insane. Like, and (laughs) everyone who would come visit me is like, you're just different level of happiness. Like, and you look good. And I used to tell my sister. I even actually got my brother in law hooked. I was like, "No, it's bulletproof coffee." And on breaks, everyone will go and get because you guys also serve it at the coffee bar. Right. So every dancer goes and gets really. There. Oh, every single one. That is like the thing. Is that makes me so it. happy. Yeah. When people
1: are are just performing at any super level, if if something I'm doing helps them a little bit, it, it's just so much awesome.
2: Yeah. So you've taken over the dancing world. I want you to know. <laughs> Thank and do you, you have someone over here so hooked and? I just, I'm obsessed.
1: Oh, wow. Thank yeah, you. You're welcome. I totally didn't know that when we set up the interview. So, yeah. well, I think I'll join the Bella army.
2: I love it. Yes.
1: People can go to <laughs> birdiebee.com. Mm-hmm. And what are the other places um, they can find your work?
2: So birdiebee.com, com, And then uh, you could always, I guess, find my sister and I on Instagram. Okay. Uh, yeah. At the Nikki Bella. Thanks, Nikki. Thank you so much.